Good morning. Welcome to my recording studio, also known as the dining room. Uh, I'm so happy to be with you this morning. We're going to be going into lesson four. Um, certainly, as I look out the window and, and see it is certainly really fall, uh, the leaves are just falling off of the birch trees around the house. Uh, the crab apple tree that I've mentioned before is a uh, uh, fully ripe fruit and uh, the leaves are turning. So it's a mixture of green and, and yellow and it, it really is a, a beautiful tree. Um, so right around the corner we know is winter and uh, it'll be here before we know it. But right now let's enjoy the fall, enjoy this creation and remember that as we look around we can see God in everything. So let's get started. Chapter five. Uh, Paul is going to be talking to us. And so we're going to do it just a little bit differently this morning. We are going to read the entire chapter first as it was written. And then we'll get into dissecting uh, the verses themselves as we go along. So uh, please open your Bibles, chapter five of Romans, and read along with me. Now, before I get started on reading, I want to say one thing, uh, encourage you. Um, I've heard many say that Romans is a very difficult book for them to understand, and, and uh, I agree. You really have to pay attention and get into it to understand what Paul is saying uh, and, and put yourself in his shoes and those of the uh, Jews and Gentiles in the Rome church. Uh, one thing that always has helped me in the past is I get multiple versions of the Bible, whether it's NIV, uh, King James, NASB, uh, ERV, I get a couple different versions and I compare what's being said. That way, uh, through those people that ha have translated and put it into those versions, um, it, it's different views of the same translation. And sometimes that can help me understand. Now, I don't say that they're always right. Uh, so you do need to be careful of that. I know many of us have uh, favorite versions, uh, but when you're having a difficult, difficult time understanding a verse, sometimes it helps to look at other versions and see what they may um, offer uh, for that translation. Um, I depend on that actually quite a bit. Uh, in working with the deaf, I used a, a thesaurus quite a bit, and so that helped me understand ideas and concepts of what the author was trying to relate. So with that said, uh, open your Bibles to chapter 5 of Romans, and let's get started. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God, and not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulations brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, for one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, 
having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation, but on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, that's the end of chapter 5. Um, as you've gone through there, I would always suggest reading it multiple times in your own personal studies. That will help you to parse out different things that you're having trouble understanding. Uh, so as we go through the verses themselves and, and dissect it, uh, if you have any questions or anything or something's not clear or, or I haven't, I've missed something, please don't hesitate to... Uh, uh, contact me, you can call me, you can text me, you can email me, and I would be happy to hear from you and get back to you. So let's start in uh, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. All right, let's start right there. Peace with God. Paul is not talking about peace as a sense of rest. He is talking about a state of harmony between the believer and God, all brought about by the actions of Jesus Christ on the cross for us. Because of this action and the grace it produced, we rejoice in the hope of enjoying the glory of God in heaven. Yippee! All right. 
We get to be with God in heaven and everything will be perfect and beautiful and pain-free and no darkness. But what about right now here on this earth? What about the struggles and hardships I face right now? Well, Paul gives us a checklist about what our attitude should be during these times. He's talking about tribulations. Tribulations are the struggles, problems, troubles, misfortunes, anything that's going on that's causing you hardship. Okay, We have a a prime example of that right now, even in this pandemic. Uh, It has really put a struggle on all of us, on on our, our daily freedom, on what we can and can't do, and how we have to be uh, careful not only to keep ourselves from being sick, but in getting others sick. Um, so certainly that's something to think about right now because it really does apply to us. So, verse 3, and not only this, but we exult, that means rejoice, exult means rejoice, in our tribulations, troubles, problems, and misfortunes. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. Perseverance is is determination, grit, and patience. We don't always think of it as patience, um, uh, but that really is a a continuation. Your patience is continuing to to have that determination, that that grit that you're going to get through this. Now, in verse 4, and perseverance, proven character. Well, what's proven character? Well, that's that's your experience in your life and how you handle a situation because of that experience. Everything that you've learned from going through things and having perseverance brings about your character. All right. And proven character, hope. Hope of what? Well, as we said earlier, Being with God and having his approval. Hope is a forward-looking word, not backwards. We look forward to being with our Father. Okay, verse 5. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Hope does not disappoint. Why? Well, because it does not depend on circumstances. God's love is there within our hearts. And we have a part of God called the Holy Spirit that he gave us. That Holy Spirit is living with you. That part of God, that our God is living within us. And we have that hope of being in a home with him. Let's go to verse 6. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Helpless. Now, the original word uh, that was translated means weak, sick, feeble, without strength. The concept there is that we could not supply our own righteousness. We could not be right with God on our own. And when it says, at the right time, Well, what's the right time? Well, that's God's time. His sovereign plan of redemption. His plan was never just to put us into the world and leave us there. Do we do that to our children? No. We are always wanting to to help them along the road and and help them 
to fulfill um, and, and be productive and be, be good people and to look to God. That's really what ultimately it is. So compared to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, but when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son. It was time. That was God's decision. All right, let's get to chapter, I mean, uh, verse 7. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. Now, this passage right here is actually a very difficult passage to understand, and it has been for me as well. Um, in, in my own studies of this passage, uh, there were two different ways it could be, be thought of, and it could be saying, who is going to volunteer to die for anybody? Or it could be a word picture of a person that is harder to die for compared to a person that is easier to die for. Um, like I said, that one is a difficult uh, passage. There's two different ways of, of looking at it. They're very similar. Um, so let's go on. But if you have any comments on that passage, I would certainly love to hear them. Don't be afraid to contact me. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Very simply, it's saying there, God loved us even when we were at our worst. Now, I'm sure we all have experience in that, actually, with, with children, family members, those around us, that even when they're at their worst, you still love them. Now, I want you to think about that, even applying that to the world around us. Those that, that may not be believers, those who are in the world of the world and um, a, a life of sin. How do we love them? Because in our eyes before God, they are at their worst. But we are still to love them. That doesn't change. If God can love us when we're at our worst, he can love everybody. And we need to love everybody and show that. Okay, verse 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. What Paul is saying here, if you'll allow me to kind of paraphrase, if God loved us when we were at our worst... How much more is he going to love us when we are reconciled, righteous before him now? How happy is he going to be when we come back to him? Continue on in, in verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Once enemies separate and apart from God, now brought back right with God because of Christ's death. 11. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Paul is strongly pointing out that all of this was made possible through Jesus Christ because of Jesus Christ, only in Jesus Christ. Chapter 5, I really enjoy because 
Paul is really, he's, he's really pointing to Jesus that all of this is possible only through, because, and in Jesus Christ. Let's go on here. Verses 12, 13, and 14. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Just these three verses here, there's quite a bit of, of uh, information to parse out here. So Adam was the single person that allowed sin to enter the world. Yes, Eve was there and a part of it, but the historical responsibility fell on Adam. God created him first. From the time of Adam to Moses, there was no law, no written law. It had not been written yet. Paul says in Romans 4.15, when where there is no law, there is no transgression. He is saying that even though people sinned, it is not accountable to them as transgression because one cannot transgress a law that did not exist. But he is very careful to emphasize that even though these acts may not be counted as violations of the written law, sin prevailed in the hearts of people. Verse 14 who is a type of him who was to come, is a statement of contrast. Adam, one man allowing sin to enter the world, and Jesus, one man taking that sin out of the world. This contrast continues in verse 15. So follow along with me. But the free gift, grace, that free gift is grace, is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, Adam, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Okay, I want you to have a, a picture here. Think of a balance scale. If we put our transgressions, sins, on one scale, and then put grace, an abundance of grace, on the other scale, our minds would think of it as a balance, weight for weight. Paul uses the phrase much more to show that this gift is in abundance. Think profusion, wealth, overflowing, richness, plenty. Our understanding should be one of the scale tipped over and pouring out on the side of grace. Verse 18, Paul continues his contrast of Adam and Jesus Christ. So then, as through one transgression, disobedience in the Garden of Eden, there resulted condemnation to all men. 
Even so, through one act of righteousness, death on the cross, there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. The law came in so that the transgression would increase. Now remember that the law pointed out our sinful nature. It showed that we were sinful people. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Do you see what Paul did there? Grace abounded. Think of that tipped over scale again. Okay? So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In this final verse, Paul makes connections for us to remember. Sin is connected to death. Grace is connected to righteousness, which is then connected to eternal life. Now that's the end of our lesson today. Keep in mind that that in chapter 5 and onward, Paul continually keeps pointing to Jesus Christ. He doesn't want the attention on himself. He doesn't want the attention on the other apostles. He doesn't want it on a a skilled preacher or an elder um, or anybody else. Everything he says is pointing to Jesus, and he wants to keep it that way. That's one of the reasons why we like so much to connect what's being said in something that we're studying to the other letters that Paul is writing, because he's consistent. Nothing conflicts. He's consistent every time to keep pointing to Jesus as our salvation. Like I said, if I have missed anything or you have additional comments, please contact me. Let me know. I would love to hear from you. Um, If you found something not clear or even wrong, let me know. I would like to correct it as well. Thank you very much for your time and attention. I love each and every one of you. I cannot wait to be back with you, and I hope that you are staying safe during this time. Wear your mask when you're going out with other people, not only to protect yourself, but protect them, and just be safe. I look forward to being with you again. Have a good day.